Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madera, and we are here today again with Jana Romer. So Jana has synthesized 20 years of study and 13 years of teaching her two great loves, astrology and yoga nidra, to create astro nidras, which is a lying down meditation that begins to move astrological energies through your body. And she also has built a virtual temple called Attuned to the Moon, where you find um, astrology embodied and other practices that really help to link you in real time to the planetary positions of the moment. So it's very exciting and a whole different way of experiencing astrology and the body and yoga. So welcome, Janet. It's nice to have you back. Well, thank you so much for having me back. It's so fun talking to you. <laughs> Each astrological sign has its, its energy and its place in the body, which we're going to get into, but each one also has its own theme for personal development, its own archetype, and, and different things attached to it that you can use during that time of that astrological passage to really begin to amplify how it works in your body and in your mind and in your energy. So can you talk more about that and take it away and explain what, what that is and how we use it? So one of the things that I fell in love with when I really started to understand astrology is that the stars and the planets are essentially your life coach. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, uh -huh. they draw a map over the course of a year of 12 areas of your life. And within those 12 areas, there's an infinite way, number of ways to look at it. And so that's where astrology becomes really personal. Yet within that infinite number of ways, each sun season. So in this case, we're going to be talking today about the transit of the sun in Aries. So in that sun season, there is a archetype that... You know, the psychologist Carl Jung used to teach a lot about, a lot of his work is about archetypes. And what he taught was that these archetypes live deep in our, I think he actually used the word unconscious. I mm -hmm. describe it and understand it through the subconscious mind, but they mm -hmm. live deep in our psyche, essentially. And during the transits, these particular archetypes start to gain strength within us. And so if I were to give you a, like an image or a, or a, a, a metaphor to play with, if mm -hmm. you could imagine this dormant archetypal energy inside your body, that it's actually these, and it's not, but just pretend that it's these little <laughs> tiny <laughs> magnet pellets, these little tiny magnet pellets, mm -hmm. and they sit dormant until the planets activate those magnet pellets and all of a sudden they stand up higher in your body or they start to move and activate in your body and have you um, kind of flavoring your perspective and flavoring your responses and flavoring your interactions with people. And wow. 
yeah. And at first I was like, oh, I don't really know. And then as I go through the seasons every year again and again, I'm like, wow, the whole entire collective is on board with these archetypes. It's just that we're not having them illuminated in a way that we understand them because mm. lots of people hear astrology and they're like, oh, woo, woo, like Mercury has anything <laughs> to do with my computer, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh. And it doesn't, it doesn't really compute because it's so far out there. Like actually mm-hmm. quite literally the planets are so far out there that it becomes easy to detach or to disassociate that they can have any effect on us. Yeah. But yeah. you'll see if, if people choose to follow it, you'll see that it's actually embedded in our societal rhythms. Well, I'm excited uh-huh. about, about the, to go through this for the year and actually work with it. Because I know for me, when I, I look at kind of what we had just gone through or what's upcoming, like I always notice that I'm right in there with those things. So I like that you talked about it, like the, you know, the magnets are activated so that you're moving through those things in along with the planetary energy, but how much better it would be to be able to do it with awareness and intention and to use each planetary transit to the sun as, you know, in the way that it's most designed to help you. Right. That's exactly it. And what's so cool is when we do see it in advance, Mm -hmm. we can harness it. We can see ourselves before we're triggered. We can anticipate our challenges and we can pre-seed our week or our weekends with perhaps different conversations or different self-care practices or we know that it's a time maybe that you just want to stay in the house because it could get pretty punchy out there you know mm-hmm. yeah so what I think is really interesting about Aries season mm-hmm. is that this year so it always starts on a slightly different day because it's the year, the Gregorian calendar year is not actually Mm -hmm. perfectly aligned with the speed that it takes planet earth to travel around the sun. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have a leap years to make up for it. And it's an imperfect system. (laughs) (laughs) And so we see Aries season anywhere from the 18th to the 22nd of March. And the beginning of Aries season is if we look at last year was when all the lockdowns began. You know, okay. uh-huh. and so now we're going back over these same degrees in the sky with the sun, at least, and seeing it from another refreshed, reorganized perspective. So okay. for all the people that just got into astrology last year, because it kind of went viral <laughs> along with, the, you know, <laughs> now it, it'll be cool to see it. But. Well, and I want to just touch in because there's something that you said in one of the two of our last podcasts, and I'm not sure which one it was, but that 2020 was, say, the disruption of endings as things began to dismantle. And that 2021 was the disruption of beginnings as all kinds of new energies gain momentum. And so it's exciting to kind of go through the year with that in mind, because everything is really does seem so fresh right now even Mm -hmm. if we're all still locked in our houses. And who knows how long that's going to go on for, because we have some astrological indicators that we're not getting out anytime soon, (laughs) which nobody wants (laughs) to hear that. Yeah, Yeah. nobody wants to hear that, but I don't think that hiding it or skirting around it helps our mental health, really. You know, if we are a little bit prepared that, you know, the way that I see this is Saturn 
which is the planet of boundaries and mm-hmm. restrictions and constriction, it's in Aquarius and Aquarius is our freedom. And so we have this, although Saturn rules Aquarius and they can get mm-hmm. along really quite well, given the overall circumstances of what's going on in the world right now, it makes sense that while Saturn is transiting Aquarius, we would experience a little bit of boundaries or restrictions on our freedom. Okay. Okay. And so, and that, because it's a a transit there, there's an end point to that. So that's That's the nice thing about astrology is everything is in motion. And Mm -hmm. so the things that are happening, they, they have a movement through and an ending. And Mm -hmm. so just keep that in mind and keep the hope in mind. If you're listening to this and thinking, Oh my God, I I can't stay in my house for another six months. Uh, This too shall pass. Yes. And the astrology along with that is showing that it's going to be different than before because the overarching theme of this year is what I was mentioning is this Saturn Uranus square Mm -hmm. and Uranus is upheaval, disruption, unexpected, shocking, spontaneous, but it's also awakening. Mm, So as we awaken to, as we awaken to more of what is happening and forget about the global scale, just look at what's happening in you and in your life. And yesterday I did a reading for this woman who said, well, everybody is having a hard time with COVID. It's been the absolute best year of her entire life because she Mm -hmm. didn't ever realize that she needed time alone. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of there with it having been a really good year in many ways. In some ways, you know, it was a very different year and and a lot had shifted, but a, a good year in a lot of ways. And a lot of people I've talked to who have kind of been able to find something that had been missing or let go of things that were no longer helpful and make some pivots and shifts. It has been a real blessing because it's, it's something that has kind of forced people to take a look at what they were doing and say, Hmm, this works, this doesn't work. How do we, how do we reemerge from this or move through this like a chrysalis as opposed to um, a prison? I love that. That's exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we are starting this with Aries, which a lot of people may not know. I didn't know until a few years ago was the beginning of the astrological year. And so what does that really mean? If we're thinking about the beginning of an astrological year and the beginning of that in our body and in our psyche? Like, how do we begin to look at that as an opening? Well, the first day of Aries season is aligned with the spring equinox. Okay. And if we look at just the equinoxes and solstices, they initiate seasons. So they're on a cross. If you were to map this in a 360 degree circle, Mm-hmm. And the spring equinox, that's in the northern hemisphere. Of course, the southern hemisphere is the fall equinox. Mm-hmm. But it's this moment in time where the day and the night is equal, where in the north I'm going to speak to, um, the it's like the seeds have already been planted and they're in some places. I'm in Canada. They definitely haven't been planted here yet. <laughs> <laughs> the tulips and the daffodils, but they're still under the, under the snow. Oh my but gosh. From a conceptual place, a lot of seeds have already been planted in the depths of winter mm-hmm. and they start to spring forth to be seen. So we see this renewal coming. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the 
life cycle of the archetypes, the Aries archetype is the baby. It's the brand new, fresh baby because the season right before is Pisces and it's the elder. And so that transition point between Pisces and Aries is the bardo, that place between life and death and life again. Mm. I guess it's life, death and life again is the is mm-hmm. what, where it is. And so when we think of the spring and we think of birth, it actually is a time of rupture, you know, to give birth yeah. to anything, whether a seed is sprouting and breaking through soil or a baby is being born, there's a rupture and there's tremendous power behind a rupture. Like Aries has so much power to it. Mm -hmm. And every sign has an element to it. And we use four elements in astrology. And I'll go into them in more detail as we go. But this is fire. And the specific type of fire of Aries is like the striking of a match. It's cardinal fire is the astro nerd speak. But it's the initiating fire. So the initiating fire of life, the initiating the initiation of a fire, like a match striking. Mm -hmm. And it's how we get things to begin. And when you look at that, if I take it to a seed, the amount of potential energy that it takes for a seed to sprout is more energy than it takes to grow a leaf. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And, and to give birth is this primal, I mean, full takeover (laughs) experience until you've done it. It's impossible to explain it, but there's, there's a rupture and the rupture is not only like in the physicality of birthing a baby, whether it's a C-section or, or vaginally, but there's also a rupture of the mother's identity and there's a rupture Mm -hmm. of two into three into a family. And there's, you know, there's these ruptures. And so when you say, um, you know, the rupture and, the the amount of force and stuff it takes to give birth the the image that comes to mind too especially around birth is that it's not something that you do it's something that is done through you and you know it is it's directed by your body it's not something that you control i mean it's the perfect metaphor for opening up into something new that you don't do because you have this well-formed plan you do i mean things are done through you it's like this process is awakening process in the body and in the psyche that's totally transformational that's outside of your immediate control that's exactly right and one of the signature uh characteristics of a strong aries archetype mm-hmm. is a very low impulse control <laughs> oh okay it's like low impulse control and you think of a baby there's there's no, there's no real impulse control. They don't pause to think, should I do this? They just, the, the force comes through when they do it, yeah. right? It's never like, is this socially responsible or is this respectful? No, it's this force comes through this force of emotion or this force of need or this force of desire. And it mm-hmm. comes through without thought, it bypasses the intellect. Right. And so what's interesting is that a lot of times in astrology, people will put intuition into the water signs but I actually think it's more in the fire signs because the thinking mind is not even registering at the speed which the fire is moving oh interesting yeah yeah it's a really interesting part of them 
And then you look at some of the other features of Aries is that they have a strong ego. They have an ego strength that is, okay, so I'm going to say this and I know I'm going to offend some Aries, but let me keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> let me take you all the way through this. Okay. <laughs> I'm not an that. Aries, so I'm not bothered. You go ahead. <laughs> I know. I just, I just know because every sign gets offended about something in some way, right. you know, and, I but know, I think I it's do. important yes. to speak about the whole experience of a sign. Yeah. And so they have a, they have a very strong ego presence. And if you look at a baby, like I was just saying, they don't stop to think if what they're doing is going to disrupt anyone else. They just do mm -hmm. it because they need yeah. it. And it has to be that way. And that's one of the gifts of Aries is that they don't think so much. They get the urge, they jump in two feet, they go with it, and then they deal with the consequences later. Mm -hmm. And so they end up being risk takers, trailblazers. They end up being really good at getting started on things. Mm -hmm. They're really good cheerleading projects like, yes, okay, everybody, let's go, let's do this, <laughs> right? Because they, mm -hmm. they are natural leaders because of this strong impulse or this strong urge to create or to be in that mode of creation. And so I always thought that was really interesting. And the other, the other feature of this archetype is that because it's first, like it's the baby, it's the first sign. They, mm -hmm. It's like the first baby, you know, they don't have an older sibling to take their cues from. Mm -hmm. And so they're not following the crowd. They're typically pioneers. They're trailblazers. They're, I wouldn't say the word inventive is necessarily their domain. I would give that mm -hmm. more to, I'd give that more to Aquarius, but they are trailblazing in such a way that is basically unparalleled by any other sign. And so if you are working with an Aries, and this goes for all archetypes, is really understanding what their strength is so that we can relate to them through these strengths. And okay. as a season, this mode of initiation, when we look at circadian rhythms in the body, Mm -hmm. The more commonly known circadian rhythm is the morning and night. Like as the sun rises, we get serotonin. As the sun goes down, we get melatonin. And the serotonin wakes you up and gets you in your moods for the day. And then melatonin puts you to sleep and gets you in your dreams for the night. Well, there's another circadian rhythm uh, of our bodies in all mammals that is about our libido mm -hmm. and our natural reproduction cycle. And so if you look into nature, mm -hmm. what are they doing in the spring? Animals, they're mating in the mm -hmm. spring, right? And this yeah. is this initiation. So not only are they the babies and are initiating life through their own life, but it's also, also this initiation of life through life force, through libido, through sexual energy, through, you know, mm. this, this really creative force that lives there. Mm -hmm. And so as a collective, whether you have Aries, Sun, Moon, or Rising, or planets in Aries, or, you know, we all have Aries in our chart somewhere. And so we all have access to this archetype somewhere. And even mm -hmm. if we don't have Aries in a significant part of our chart, we can all use the Aries archetype. They, we're transiting through that energy. And mm -hmm. so being able to understand what that energy is, and like you were saying, the magnets wake up and be able to use it to, you know, to get into the flow of that energy in our life 
however, wherever it is there, like new projects and, and different things. So how would a person be able to utilize that energy in their life, even if they don't have areas in a particular, you know, strong part of their chart? Well, everybody has it in a strong part of their chart. It's okay. just that most people look to planets to understand strength. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that I always think the more advanced yogi isn't the one that does a handstand. Mm-hmm. It's the one who can hold presence in discomfort. You know, the yogi mm-hmm. is the one who can remain compassionate under challenging circumstances. And it's more subtle. It's less seen. And it, we have to work harder to get it. But as we harness or as we develop these traits within ourselves, we actually strengthen our character and we become more whole and so somebody can have no planets in Aries but if Mm -hmm. you look in the chart the chart is broken into five or sorry 12 pie pieces Mm -hmm. (laughs) these 12 pie pieces and each of these pie pieces is called a house Mm -hmm. and each house governs an area of your life so for example if somebody was a Capricorn rising Mm -hmm. Aries would rule their fourth house, which is the home, which is your deep emotional experiences, which is your ancestry, which is your womb or where you want to spend time in a womb. Mm -hmm. And so everybody can personalize it to a different area of their life, specifically where the Aries archetype lives stronger. Okay, very good. So if you look to see where Aries lands in your houses... Mm-hmm. then you've got a good idea of where those two energies come together and are magnified during this time of year. That's right. Okay. And that, that is where astrology starts to get hyper-personal. And this is why, like on the Tune to the Moon website, you automatically, if you sign up and as long as you have your birth time, when you go into your space, you can see your chart. Because I refer people to it all the time. I'm like, okay, we need to get people understanding their own mm-hmm. stuff so that you can get that better. Because let's say somebody was like, oh, Aries is all about um, initiation and creativity. And they keep trying to put it into initiation and creativity. But really, for somebody, it's actually the time to start writing, right? Because if it's in their ninth house, and it's the Mm -hmm. time to start writing. But they have had this idea that writing happens in the winter. Because that's when it's winter and it's cold. Mm -hmm. And you sit by the fireplace. And then they have writer's block all winter. And then, you know, they think there's something else to do. Then when the sun comes out, it's now it's time to go hiking, but now they're squandering their prime writing time. Right. You know? Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Very yeah. Good. All right. So, so where is Aries in the body? So Aries lives in the head, the face, the adrenals, the muscles. It actually also lives in the brain and the eyes. It's the adrenals and the adrenal glands, but for different reasons, the adrenal mm-hmm. glands themselves belong to Aries the fluid belongs to Mars but Aries is ruled by Mars so it's all together anyways (laughs) so So what what would that mean then if 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 Aries rules the adrenals and Mars rules the the fluid like how does that how would I how would somebody who didn't really understand what that meant be able to understand it better well let's look at some of the traits of the Aries archetype is to jump in to have this urge to have Uh, not a lot of regard for consequences and just go for it without thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this fast action, (laughs) you know, uh, behavior, but it's also your ability to be assertive, your Mm -hmm. 
inner aggression, it's anger and rage, it's competition. And these are all acts that tend to have us producing adrenaline. Okay. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's living there in our body. This adrenaline is coming through this archetype, but also Aries lives in your muscles. And so when we're using adrenaline, if you understand how the, like, let's just say about the parasympathetic and the Mm -hmm. sympathetic nervous system, if somebody goes into a state of fight or flight or freeze or fawn, so fawn would be let's say, um, let's say I was in a really uncomfortable position Mm -hmm. and somebody was abusing their power. And instead of fighting back, I started to fawn over them. Like if I, I'll use a real life example. I was working one-on-one with a male client and I was in his Mm -hmm. house and he decided Mm -hmm. to hit on me. And instead of calling him out and saying, this is so wrong. I can't believe you're, you know, like this is what's happening. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're so funny you know I just kind of made it okay I tried to make it more comfortable to be it's really awkward but I tried to make it more comfortable and complimentary of him and joke with it instead of be assertive about it okay and then freeze is where people just totally freeze yeah and you probably know when you when you freeze you have this very visceral feeling move through your body like you're still Mm -hmm. being flooded with the hormones of stress there's still adrenaline running through your system but your muscles actually just like lock into place and you freeze Mm -hmm. maybe your eyes get a bit bigger Mm -hmm. and then somebody else will run and in all those different circumstances the muscles are being flooded with blood so when we're in trouble when we're in a stress state what the body does is it takes all of the resources away from the organs and it Mm -hmm. sends it to the extremities so that you can get out of there you know Mm -hmm. it sends the resources to the muscles so that you can run or freeze or you know yeah and so that's why these are all interconnected and so we can look at our own nervous system responses during this time of the sun transiting through aries and get to know ourselves and let's say you decided that you didn't want to freeze anymore mm-hmm. you might notice during aries season with this hyper awareness that our adrenal system and our muscular system are being activated you might be a little bit more jumpy or Mm -hmm. who knows, like it might just show up a little different. And when we're observing it, then in the moment of observing the pattern, we can start to work with the pattern. And a highly developed Aries archetype is neither going to be aggressive or passive aggressive. It's not going Mm -hmm. to fawn or freeze or flight. It's going to stand steady in its center, like very much centered within themselves and be able to assert themselves. So that's a lot of the personal development work that we can do in there. And then there's other stuff too. Like we can look at some people are really competitive. Some people don't have a competitive bone in their body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and, and maybe you need a little bit more competition or maybe you need to temper the competition. Well, because the archetype is being activated through this time, you could self-reflect on that and decide, well, maybe I don't want competition in this area of my life, mm-hmm. family or you know, partnership, but I would like to have some competition awakened in my career. right and so then you can choose to take it and actively and consciously guide it into a particular area of your life and in the case let's say of somebody who doesn't really feel competitive they might make a game for themselves where they're not competing for the sake of making someone lose but they can 
could practice competing with their own goals or competing with their own game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then okay. we, we can develop that within ourselves. Wow. So, That's a lot to work on during Aries season. Yeah. I think it's just this observation of how we're running that strength and that impulse through the body. Okay. One common co- commentary on Aries mm-hmm. is that they're self-centered. Mm-hmm. And I would love to just flip the script on that, that they're centered okay. in self. It's such a simple flip, like they're self-centered or they're centered in self and oh. how that shows up is something that we see in others or what we see in ourselves to be centered in self means that we can center others to be self-centered is to constantly be centering ourselves in every situation. And I think we really need to be more centered in self. So if you forgot about everything else I just said, and that was the only thing like to be centered in self, Mm -hmm. then we can self-design what that means for us over the course of this time. Well, and that's exactly how you described that um, evolved Aries of not fighting or fleeing or fawning or or anything, but really standing in the moment and in the center and and of being in that stable presence. And so that's, I mean, that really correlates to that with me. Yeah. And to have an Aries in your, in your uh, orbit Mm -hmm. (laughs) on your team who is centered in self, they are the best teammates they are incredible partners because that also leads us to two of the key features of every season are the full and the new moon or the new and the full moon whichever comes Mm -hmm. first and in this case always in Aries season it's always the Aries new moon Mm -hmm. and always in Aries season it's always the Libra full moon okay and When we move into the Libra full moon, the archetype is me, 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 me. (laughs) (laughs) And then you go and have the Libra full moon and all of a sudden Uh it's like, wait, this is a we. I need to, I need to look outside of myself and see if I'm being overly selfish or how I can be centered in myself instead in order to center another person in my life. Okay. So those are two of the big themes there. And I actually made a note about this era, Libra full moon, because it's very, okay. So the astrology is actually easing up on us for a couple months, which is so nice. (laughs) It's so nice. It's not totally easing up on us, but it is Mm -hmm. compared to the last 18 months. And the, the beginning of this Aries season actually starts like really, really soft with this compassionate social vibe to it. And then one day in Venus moves into Aries. So now we've got a little bit more energy in Aries. And so mm-hmm. it will start to heat things up. But what we'll see in the first few days is that we could potentially be surprised with new information on the table or events unfolding that inspire us to walk with more integrity and to Mm -hmm. revisit our boundaries and the structures that we operate within. And we could see our discipline arising naturally from within versus some external authority saying, hey, this is how you should discipline yourself. Mm -hmm. In the very beginning onset of this Aries season, if we're doing our Aries work, 
the self-discipline, which I think is really the only discipline that actually works mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. like it's, when it's derived from within, there's an opportunity for this really to rise as spring uh, is upon us. The full moon is the first weekend of uh, airy season. It's the mm-hmm. 27th and 28th. And I'm just going to say both because depending on your time zone, it will change mm-hmm. slightly. So that first weekend. And there are major, like major healing opportunities in our relationships on that full moon because we have Venus and the moon and Chiron, which is a, Chiron is a, Chiron is a planet that, or it's an asteroid, pardon me, that travels between the inner planets or the personal planets Mm -hmm. and out to the outer planets or the generational planets. And so it bridges these worlds of like, deep inner torment mm-hmm. to grand universal lessons and yeah, I've heard it referred to as the wounded healer mm-hmm, exactly and so I look at it that wounded healer having three octaves one where you're just totally being tossed around in your wounds and mm-hmm. you're sitting in the realm of blame and shame and it's their fault that life isn't going the way it's supposed to be and whatever it's everybody else's fault but your own and And, or whatever your core wound is, it's like Mm -hmm. activated. And then there's another octave of the Chiron archetype. That is when you finally start to notice, oh no, if I think everybody's an idiot, maybe (laughs) I need to look at that, (laughs) right? Right, Like maybe it's my perspective, maybe it's my projection. And so when it's in, in this expression, sometimes it can be described as like a dark night of the soul because now all of a sudden your world starts to cave in on you and you're like, Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness, my suffering is my responsibility. And lots of times people turn around and go right back into the suffering and blame Mm because it's easier to blame somebody else than do themselves. Sure. Sometimes people spend a lot of time in there and it can look like depression or anxiety or, or, you know, a lot of different expressions, insomnia. Or some people will take that and they'll take radical responsibility for their lives. They'll make some big changes. They'll really step up to their own personal responsibility. And those things that were once wounding us then turn into our wisdom. And that's where like this embodied wisdom becomes a place to center within ourselves from. And that's what like Rumi talks about when he talks about that your wound is kind of where you open to the light and the light's able to come in when you're operating at that level of, of your, your um, core wound. Yes. Yes, exactly. And in the, in the mythology of Chiron, they talk about Chiron as the music teacher and Mm. you take that out into the, the tormented artist, like where some of the most beautiful songs come out of the deepest pain like the breakups or the you know like that that heartbreak that creates such gorgeous music Mm -hmm. so and then that music is this anthem of healing (laughs) you know I think of Alanis Morissette you know I don't know Mm -hmm. her album Jagged Little Pill like she was angry and she was hurt and she took all of that and she made it into music that became one of the top selling female artists ever in the history of music that album you know it was global and huge and it was moving yeah and I think that's just such a beautiful example of taking these wounds and elevating it to a place of wisdom but yeah so we've got this triple conjunction of 
Chiron, Venus, and the sun all together in Aries, opposite Mm -hmm. the moon in Libra. And um, it just has this signature of healing potential in it that might come through a little bit of conflict because Aries is ruled by Mars and Mars Mm -hmm. is the bit of a warring planet, a little bit of a battle planet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what this moon wants us to do is talk about it. It wants us to sit down with our partners, with our our more intimate relationships or our contractual relationships. It could be professional. It could be creative. It could be collaborative. It could be Mm co-parenting. It could be marriage. It could be roommates, you know, any relationship with a contract attached to it and like talk it out. And so as I'm, as I'm building this, I'm like, you know, if people know and they have therapy sessions, they could pack a therapy session in on the Friday before, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> on the 26th, on the 26th of um, March, just make sure you've got your therapy session booked so that you can know, like have a little bit more presence and a little bit more guidance to how you can bring some of these conversations into the realm of healing. So it's great to time your therapy with the astrology. That's a whole oh. like, another niche. Oh, that's such a great thing to do. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. I think it's a great idea. It really is. I mean, I might have to talk about that sometime. <laughs> yeah. And like this, this uh, full moon, really what it's trying to do is create a win, win, win for everybody. Like everybody mm-hmm. comes out better because of it. But the thing is, is that we have to face ourselves. And that's really where relationship becomes sacred. And Mm -hmm. remember that Aries lives in the face. And so how it, how we grow it is by facing ourselves and really looking at that. Yeah. And then there's this like beautiful ripple effect that comes off that full moon where it's like, okay, so you've had these conversations and Mm -hmm. there's some astrology that's saying you're going to be able to see through lies or deception. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's part of it. But then there's this healthy establishment of boundaries that come out of it. This repurposing of how we engage in communication and really supportive Um, alignment in purpose through this whole and all the way in through the beginning of April. It's like, it's setting us up for having an increase in our clarity and our vision, our reputation, our responsibilities. And then shortly thereafter, on the 3rd of April, we get more Aries energy because Mercury is going to move into Aries. And so then it's going to heat up a little more. Uh And um, when it heats up, we're actually going to move into the realm of really great creativity, like really great. Like I would say the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth of, of um, April. Like if you have a choice to dedicate some time to creative projects and creative ideation or that creative spark, like that's a really great time for it. And then um the ninth is one of those like key days to watch because it's uh-huh. an easy day to get triggered on. And so okay. on these key trigger days, I just say like, don't skip your morning practice, wake up mm-hmm. in the morning and set your mood. Like you consciously choose your mood for the day yeah. um, because it's Centering really yourself. Exactly. And the ninth, like, don't miss it <laughs> because it's, it's a day where we can really easily slip back into some of our patterns or that okay. maybe you feel 
like you're under psychic attack, who knows what that is. And if it's your own psyche or if there is a psychic attack, like who knows, but just be solid within yourself. Okay. And then, um, and then after that, all the work that we did from the beginning of every season, now it starts to pay off starting on the 10th and on the 11th is the new moon. Okay. And so the new moon is a little bit disruptive. It might feel mm-hmm. like you're finding your flow and you're in your creativity and the relationships. Now you've got your communication going on. Well, you've got boundaries in place. You've got, you know, structure in your life there. And then on mm-hmm. the new moon, all of a sudden it can feel like you're being swept away or that it's being taken away from you. But really what it is, it's one of these totally classic Aries cosmic urges like how you were saying in the very beginning, giving birth is there's a force that comes through you. It's mm-hmm. non-intellectual. And yeah. one of these forces is going to come through with that Aries new moon. Yeah. And if we fight it, it can get really messy. And if we mm-hmm. surrender to it and we open to it and we observe ourselves through it, then it's almost like we get our next marching orders so it's part of that that disruption of the new energy that you were talking about for 2021 mm-hmm. exactly hmm. exactly so it should so, be an exciting time it should be and it should help progress us it, it should, we should see some progress around there and so Good. because that comes through with such a force the letting go or the endings or the death process metaphorically so of course Mm-hmm. is so much easier to accept and release and let go because this new life force has come through with the new moon that's more exciting than anything that was before. So that's, that's a little map of Aries season. And of course, I have the astronauts designed in such a way that you can just lay back and see this within yourself. <laughs> well, that's- you can watch it. Yeah. Very cool. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah. So what I've created are essentially a series of practices that instead of, I mean, I guess I just talked about the astrology (laughs) and Mm -hmm. talked about it all, but instead of relying on some kind of translator for the astrology, what, what these practices do is you lay down for this very restorative, restful, practice of Mm self-observation and in the practice I'm guiding you to where it is alive in the body and through that guidance it's like okay so in Aries season for example I have one that is it's called the face-off and so you go into this really detailed not a full body scan but a face scan Mm -hmm. and we really wake up the quality of presence in your face and then it's a journey in there like what do you need to face in your life or I have this other one that is really helpful to get you to center in yourself it's called return to your home frequency Mm -hmm. and in this one the way that the practice goes you lay down eyes closed and then you imagine all these cords that are latched into you Mm -hmm. some of these cords they're coming from you and they're latched into other things but all of these cables and cords they're essentially places where energy is leaking 
or it's being drained or drawn from you. And so the mm. first phase of this process, we just use our imagination and we unlatch all of these hooks. And some of them, you give it back and some of them, you reel it in until all of a sudden you're in your own little sovereign bubble and nothing is pulling on you and mm. you're not responsible for anything. And then we just go layer upon layer upon layer deeper until you find that place inside of you that only you can feel. And then when we're there, you just clean house, you set new intention and you really center yourself right within. And then uh, there's a couple other ones. I think this airy season, there's four already. So there'll be five. One is like the old programming. <laughs> so mm -hmm. this is for somebody who doesn't have Aries strong in their chart and they're actually wanting to return to that innocence. You know, you want to return mm -hmm. to that purity that is this in infant. And so this is for somebody that's like, oh my God, I have so many programs. I have so many beliefs. I have so many um, stories of how things should be. Well, this mm -hmm. practice then goes in more into the psyche and helps you defrag those programs. So, wow. Yeah. All right. And people yeah. can get special pricing if they go and find you through conversationsfromtheedge.net. Is that true? That's right. We have a special discount code for all of your listeners and That's there's different awesome. passes, but we just did really simple. The expander pass, it gets you mm -hmm. all the pre-recorded content that gets served up with the astrology. So when you open up the website, you get an astro update, but then mm -hmm. you also only see the practices that are relevant for the astrology today. So you don't have to like sort through a bunch of stuff you don't have to understand astrology none of that stuff it's just it's done for you and that's what's included in the expander pass and you, your your crew gets 50 percent off so it's only 11 dollars a month wow and then, yeah it's a, a great, great deal it's a great deal yeah yep so you can yeah. find that in all of the links to reach um, jana at conversationsfromtheedge.net and find your special codes and um Start and join the program because it sounds truly fascinating. And I've done some of these meditations and they're, they're just amazing. So thank you, Jenna. I'm excited to talk in our next conversation about Taurus because that's another, um, another really interesting energy that's supposed to be a little quieter this year or quieter right now than our previous astrology. And I'm excited about a couple of months of quiet. So I'm looking forward <sighs> to that one. <laughs> me too. Thank you so much for having me. This is your host, Christine Madeira. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.